0: So we we started a series in the Gospel of John. The evangelist is the last standing eyewitness of the resurrected Christ. He's the last standing disciple. He has told and he has taught the stories that he, he has recorded here for several generations. And he's trying to leave behind a legacy for the followers of Jesus. And he's got a, a, a purpose in mind. So, so in one sense he's witnessing that what Jesus has been doing in his life and his ministry is true. But also that the people do not lose sight but put their trust in him. So um, as, we, as we looked at the chapter 1 last week. We, 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 we saw that the, the pastoral and the great heart of John is to, to give us, to impart to us the teaching that. Jesus is not just a good teacher that you listen to when it's nice to listen to, but he is God, and the way that he expresses that in the opening verses of the Gospel of John is amazing. In the beginning, the same way as the Genesis started, was the the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then he talked. We, we, we left it last Sunday that, that actually John is very keen to, 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 to show us that um, Jesus was God on earth. He was the Son of God who, who, who came on earth. And, and his existence was from the beginning. His identity was fundamentally came with that relationship that he had with the Father, but also was expressed. In the relationship that he had with the humankind. And we will see that, that relationship actually be so obvious in the way that John represents Jesus to us. In the, John, in the way that John wants to, t- us to learn from Jesus. That, that this relationship that Jesus has got with the Father is very important. And it's reflected in the way that he relates To the people. And that's why one of the big themes in John's Gospel is the theme of love. Love. God is love. God is light. That's why the I am statements are so exclusive. Because John wants he's not got time to mess around. He has seen it through the generations. He has seen Christ at work. He is more convinced than ever. So that's why he's coming with his truths. So as we look into Easter season, as we look into the Resurrection Sunday, actually every Sunday we celebrate the Resurrection, but as we look towards Easter, I want for us as a church to be focusing a little bit on this divinity of Christ, that He is God. And today we're going to be looking at, at another aspect of the divinity of Christ. Before we do that... Um, we cannot do John justice with five Sundays. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to run through some of the stuff so, so we know that we are on the same page. But if we looked at John chapter 2, you can see again how this relationships, relationship with the Father and the relationship with the humankind expands in John chapter 2. There are two main things that happen there. It's the, the miracle in the wedding in Cana. And then it's the, the clearing of the temple. And it's, it's this, again, the relationship that he, he's saying to his mother, my time has not come yet. And that's the, when he knows that he's doing what God has asked him to do. And yet he, he reestablishes the, the prayer and the worship in the temple, which it's not meant to be their marketplace. But he has to come. And he says, but this is what the Father has brought me here. And also, he is introducing this kingdom to which, for the Jewish people, is, is really absurd because it's, it's upside down. They've been so long waiting for the Messiah. And to their expectations, Jesus is in disappointment because he is not doing the things that they want him to do. But Jesus is saying... His way of kingdom is different. And he's inaugurating the kingdom of God coming on earth with the ultimate revelation of, of being solidified when we see him face to face. And if you see the end of the chapter two, it's very unique because it talks about the condition of mankind. And we we very well mentioned that about. Uh, we talked a, l- a little bit about that when we prayed and and, and the state of the human kind and the human heart and stuff like that. So we come to chapter three and um, we meet with, with somebody who is very familiar to us. Um, Gloriana, sorry, Alicia asked me earlier on who is Nicodemus. And I, I told her the first two lines he's the guy who's gone to see Jesus in the night. And she said, yes. And then the, the scriptures was read. So, so there, is the, there is a familiarity with, with telling the, the gospel story. But I don't think we should neglect it then. Because I think there is things that we can learn from this familiar, fa- familiarity. So we've got this, this good old Nicodemus here. And for John it's very important that Nicodemus is featured throughout the whole gospel. It's not featured in any other gospels apart from the Gospel of John. You don't hear about Nicodemus elsewhere, but here you you, you see Nicodemus featuring in three main. Actually, parts of Jesus's ministry, the beginning. Well, according to John's Gospel, uh, when when he challenges Nicodemus and ushers the kingdom of God, then when he Jesus is facing the high priest and Nicodemus is part of the Sanhedrin. Which is the kind of the 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 what would be here the the equivalent would be the uh, a, a court that decides on on the high court or something like that that um, and that varied from the number of the Pharisees that. It included, so there was courts that had 21 Pharisees, there are courts that had 25, and I think it went up to 70. Numbers don't matter. But here we've got somebody who, who's featuring there, and also he's featuring after Jesus has been given the, 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 the mandate to be crucified. He's the guy, together with Joseph of Arimathea, who take the body of Jesus and put it into the grave. So it's very, very interesting how John wants us to portray this Pharisee. And to be honest, I think we always look at the Pharisees and we think, oh, bad guys, because Jesus dealt with them. But I don't think all of them were that bad. Because in one sense, they were devoted to God, and they were pursuing God. And to be honest, they had a lot of Blind spots, and they had created a lot of rules that had stopped them to connect with God. But on the other hand, we've got Nicodemus here, a Pharisee who's pursuing Jesus at night because he's got questions. Now, commentators debate about whether Nicodemus was afraid to go and see Jesus at night, or there's some commentators who say that actually. That's where all the Pharisee conversation happened in the evening, so he's following suit of what is done, you know. And um, I'm not I'm not precious about that detail. I think it's important to see that Nicodemus has got a heart and he wants to see Jesus. So, his, his status is he is a very well respected man. He's a Pharisee. He's part of the Sanhedrin. He's wealthy, according to. And there is, there is a, an article in the way that it's talked about in this passage, an article, the way that it's talked about uh, Nicodemus, that is actually suggesting that he is a leading theologian. I've read it in two places. I'm happy to go with that again. But, but this is some, some information that I wanted to, to give you. Um, and again, because he was part of this elite group and part of this group that were devoted Jewish, Orthodox Jews waiting for the Messiah, of course, he was anticipating the arrival of this kingdom, the arrival of Messiah. They've had enough of the Roman Empire. They've had enough of 400 years of silence. They... they, 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 they they, they don't see that there is any, any hope. It's a little bit like Brexit, you know. That, and and they, they, they want a solution and they want it. They want it now. And here we've got Nicodemus now. And he's looked at the scriptures. He has seen what Jesus has done. By the way, Jesus is in Jerusalem. Might as well go and see him. So that's what he does. And Jesus has to confront him with, 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 with his life, really. And I think it's very important that we, we take this from John, that John is not messing around here. John wants us to see Jesus' heart, but also that Jesus is very, very objective in his approach to Nicodemus. Because what's happening here is that Jesus is being misunderstood. And, and I think this is an encouragement for me because um, you see Jesus' ministry and life in the gospel and he's misunderstood the whole time. He has to explain himself. He has, he has to, 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 to give credit to, 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 to his ministry. He, he has to expand what he means. And there's particular things that he doesn't want to be understood. And he, he encloses all the parables and he, he explains them to the disciples. So Jesus is quite strategic here in this ministry. But in the same time, he's being misunderstood. Because again, um, you can see that Nicodemus' approach is that, well, we've seen a side of you But let's have a conversation. And then when he talks about coming to God through Christ, then Jesus has to say to him, truly, truly. So if something is said twice in a Jewish context, it's very serious. If it's said three times, it's more serious than very serious. But Jesus is saying here, truly, truly. You know what Jesus is saying? Amen, amen, I tell you that unless someone is born again, they cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, one of the things that we have tried, well, I have tried, but I have been also challenged to consider is the, the, the way that we, we use words in our congregation and the... And, 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 and the way that we, we take the, the, the understanding of the words for granted. So, and one of them is uh, born again. I, rem- I will never forget it. I, I was sitting probably two years ago next to a lady at the senior's lunch. And uh, she was commenting about a member of her family. And she says, oh, and she's one of those born again Christians. In, in, in that kind of attitude. And um, I kept quiet. Because I didn't know what to do with it. Because I thought, perhaps we have confused. We've tried to, to, to over explain the word. And we have missed the point of what Jesus is trying to say here to Nicodemus. So Jesus, it, in understanding that Nicodemus is misunderstood. He is taking the chance now. To explain what he means by that. And he knows what he's talking about. Because actually the, the ongoing question. Even today. But even in Jesus' time. Is who is Jesus? And John is very determined to tell us who Jesus is. He's very clear in his mind. He's very clear in his theology. And he wants to pass that message on. Now. In this in this gospel we've got the wonderful objective of John he wants not only for us to know that Jesus came but he also he wants for people who, who who encounter Jesus to put their faith in him and that's what he's trying to do with nicodemus that that actually Jesus does not just remain a good teacher and he says rabbi we've seen your signs and wonders and that's why i've had to come a conversation... To have a conversation with you, no, no, more than that. Put your trust in him, believe on him, build your life upon the rock. So, um, this series you 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 be treated with a Greek word, and uh, last week uh, we used the, lo- the the word logos. This today we're going to be thinking a little bit about the. Th- the term, what does it mean to be born again? And the, the word that is used there is anothen. And basically, it's got two, two kind of meanings. Uh, one of them is born again. So, the New Testament uses the word again in other places. And the other, the other meaning of, the verb, of this word is born again of above. Um, Different translations have translated it differently. I think the the NIV has gone down the route of born again. If I'm honest, I have no problem with any of those translations. Because um, for me, if one shows the source, the other shows the nature. But you still have to be born Again or above. You still have to encounter this new life that Jesus is. And as an exercise, Chris was very gracious in sharing her story today and encouraging us. But I want us to pause for a moment. And think a little bit about your own testimony. When Jesus challenged you. About surrendering your life to Him. And if you haven't done that, it's okay, it's not a problem. Jesus is still going to challenge you. But I want for us to pause for that moment and think a little bit. And take a moment also to thank God for that opportunity. I'm going to pray. Thank you for your story of salvation in each and every one of us who have encountered you, Lord. Thank you for the way that you have prompted us, the way you have challenged us, the way that you have endorsed us, you have loved us, you have revealed yourself to us. And thank you. For the Lord Jesus who's made this possible. In your name. Amen. Cycle and stuff like that. But he, he's seen that there is something there of Jesus that he he knows that he, he, he wants to, to deal with that. And he goes, Rabbi, teacher, that's okay. But John is trying to say here that Jesus is more than just a teacher. That's his, that's his. intention. He is more than just a rabbi. And then Jesus has to draw the attention to John, sorry, to Nicodemus, by saying that I tell you the truth. No one can enter the verse five. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of the water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. How many times do you want me to tell you? The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus says, How is this possible? You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you don't understand these things? I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. It's very important to listen to Jesus' words here. Because He's being very direct, but he's being very gracious and loving towards Nicodemus. Because he's expecting a response. He's expecting Nicodemus to be born again. And he has to take Nicodemus to something that for Nicodemus is very precious about. It's the prophecies that God has had for, for Israel. Open Ezekiel Ezekiel chapter thirty-six verses twenty-five to twenty-seven and this is the promise that God has made. I've 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 written it on my slide twenty-six is, is wrong. I couldn't I didn't have time to go and check it. Uh, but it's thirty, 30 to, to change it. Thirty-six. These are the promises that God has made for Israel. And when 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 God is, is prophesied over Israel, he's saying, I'm going to cleanse you. With water. And I'm going to give you a new spirit, which is going to give you a new heart. And that is going to be through the Messiah. So, what Jesus is saying here is that Nicodemus, unless you accept God's cleansing and unless you accept God's spirit, you're wasting your time. Actually, you're wasting your life. Because what is going on in this day and age in Nicodemus is that actually it's okay because we live good moral lives. And morality is superior. Whereas what Jesus is saying to Nicodemus is that don't worry about morality. Godliness. Godliness. And you can obtain godliness only through Jesus Christ. Nicodemus is living in a society where actually the the response is superficial because it is okay to accept Jesus with his miracles, but when he's saying I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one's come no one comes to the Father except through me. Ooh. I'm not sure. Is he the only way to heaven? Is he the only way to the Father? Is he the only way to the new kingdom? So what, what John is trying to do here is, is saying, Nicodemus, you're being challenged by Jesus to have this new experience of living your life for God with Jesus in the picture. And that's what it means to be born again. To live your life for God with Jesus in the picture. With Jesus who is the mediator, the Jesus who is the giver of new life, Jesus who is the sustainer and who is the provider of this opportunity. It's nothing hocus pocus is accepting that you want God's cleanliness and you want his spirit through the Messiah. That's what needs to happen to Nicodemus. Because what John is trying to do here is saying that, yes, Jesus is not just a good teacher that we should listen to occasionally. He is the only God who makes possible. He is the only God who gives new life. And what are you going to do about that? We live, and we are probably made of mixed generations where morality was a big thing. Now it's off the window. We live in a generation when we pick and choose what we want to believe about Jesus. He's a good guru, isn't he? Whereas John is saying, no, it's bigger than that. And that's where that sense of devotion and worship comes. Because he's saying, he is the God who gives new life. Do you want it? And if you have been on the receiving end, on the beneficiary end of this new life, how are you making use of it? Because it's okay for us to be stopping here and saying, Nicodemus, your choice. But do you want new life? And if you have been part of receiving this new life in Jesus, what are you doing about this? I'll finish with this verse. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 20 to 24. Even Paul says it. When you come to this new life... You come through Christ. Because if you don't come through Christ, it's not your life. You, however, did not come to Christ that way. Surely you heard of him, were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, whatever that was... Whether a pious or a thug, it doesn't matter, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be new in the attitudes of your mind and to be putting on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Do we want this new life? Because this is where the rubber hits the road. This is where the gospel becomes good news. This is when, 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 when we hear Chris saying that uh, you move from a spectator to a participant. This is the new life. Do we want it, church? Do we want it for ourselves, first of all? Do we want it for our... Our loved ones, do we want it for our communities? Because if God, I believe this truly, if God is the only one who gives and organizes new life, I'm sure he'll do a good job with that. Otherwise, Paul would not say that he who began a good work in you will bring it until completion or unto completion in the day of Jesus Christ. Well, I want that new life. I want the results of that new life. I want that for myself. I want it for my family. I want it for Westbury Park. I want it for Bristol. I want it for UK. I want it for Europe. I want it for the world. Isn't this the greatest message that we can give in this time of chaos and disruption and stuff? That actually, do not put your hope on Theresa May. Do not put on your hope on Donald Tusk, whatever his name is. Come and experience the new paradigm of God's kingdom. New life through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. So, Lord, I just pray that um, this is not just going to be information for me, but I will choose to acknowledge the new life that I've got in you, Jesus. And today and through the week, you're going to give us, and me and all of us here, Lord, opportunities to experience the beauty of the new life that we've got in you in all our spheres of life. And also, Lord, would you give us the courage and the power to challenge in a good way those people around us who are missing out because they've not been born again through the water and the Spirit. And in the end of the day, Lord, it is your Holy Spirit that can be the only one who helps us in this. So we, we, we cry out to you, Holy Spirit. Come to our aid. Come and rescue us from ourselves. Come and restore us in the way that we live for you. And come and give us that breath That breath of fresh air, Lord, to be the aroma of Jesus in this confused and divided society. Have mercy, Jesus, and be glorified by the fruit of the new life that you give us. In your name we pray. Amen.